Shit on, shit on the villa tonight. Shit on, shit on, shit on the villa tonight. And you've passed it all on. You've passed it on to a lot of people. I'd love to see, you know, when you say about COVID spreading, I'd love to see Gareth and then the exponential growth of Bitcoin that's come from you. But I also spread COVID quite far and wide as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 probably. <laughs> I want at least two grannies to my name, at least. Um, we've always joked about buying the Blues Ground. We would burn that down, admittedly. That's but maybe, yeah, it's on the ash, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> This week we wanted to discuss like what makes a Bitcoin, didn't we? And we did. what we're after out of Bitcoin life. And I was just thinking about this before we came on just then. I just went, obviously I got you into Bitcoin largely and I've seen your behaviors change since you've been into Bitcoin. And obviously my own have changed hugely. But I just thought, like, was it just Bitcoin that did it? Because fundamentally, like I got into shares when I worked for a company that ultimately had a share safe scheme. So I got kind of almost allowed in it was like a very like soft approach in in the share sales scheme you can buy shares and if they lose money you just take the money back it's like this, oh, yeah. it's like investing but with stabilizers on so it's, <laughs> it's the best way of investing ever it's like the number one best way to get started is buy shares in the company you work for so you under you understand the company because you work there and all the risk is removed if the if the shares go up you make profit if the shares go down you just get your money back it's it's brilliant, and um and obviously I made money doing that, and then I obviously saw future potential in that company and told you about it, and then you invested and made some money, but then I went, did either of us really change our actual real mindsets during that period? I just think no, I don't think we did really. It was very much, it was a transaction. It was, and I always knew there was a share price that when it hits that price, that is roughly when we need to get out. Yeah. I think a share price was anything between 20p and a pound when I was telling you about it. And I pretty much told you if it gets to anywhere between five and 10 pounds, that's the top. And so, you know, hilariously, actually, you told me between 20 and, and a pound, I got in at 97p because I watched it go like that. And it is, it's weird, isn't it? So I actually then went, I'd say I want in on this. Admittedly, there was a little bit of element of I had no money at that point in my life. But I put in, I think it was 500 quid initially and then another 500 quid. So it was, it was small fry money. But it five X, didn't it? Yeah, it was big money. You said you said five years, five X, and it was three years, five X. Yeah, yeah. So it got to a fiver, didn't it? And yeah. yeah. And this is ten years ago as well. So but then yeah, I just think it was always transactional. It was always and once you get that, it was yeah, that will pay for a wedding, it will pay for a car. It was very transactional. Mm -hmm. It was literally just about gains. And I think in, in reality, when I look back on it, I had a shit coiner mindset. It yeah, was, yeah purely transactional it wasn't i was never going to hold that for 100 years and give my grandkids some of those shares i had no intention it was purely no no no. like this company will pretty much max out when it hits here so i don't know what to do next once this happens it's <laughs> yeah. to find the next thing like i need yeah. to find the next company that can get that kind of growth or maybe we leave it in here and it just stabilizes but but yeah my mind my by and large like my I, I didn't go down the rabbit hole. There was no, I'm going to really switch my time preference or like start thinking for the future too much. It was, it got me into investing. But I think once you find Bitcoin, that's when I've noticed, like I've definitely changed a huge amount once I found Bitcoin. 
and I've noticed you've changed. And mm-hmm. that's what I think we wanted to just spend this bit of time just talking about going, yeah, yeah. What, what have you done? Because obviously like, you, especially like you still work and you work like for the NHS, like, you're not looking rolling in money, but you've been dollar cost averaging for like three to five years now in, into Bitcoin. And it's just, but you've had to make some sacrifices and they're, yeah. very, they're very real. And it's yeah, just, absolutely right. talk through a couple of them and go, what have you had to do to, to keep your conviction in Bitcoin to, to build the stack to what you've got now? Well, I think, yeah, it's a good question. And I think we come back to the who, what, what makes a Bitcoiner because <clears throat> I think there's very various levels of, <clears throat> of a Bitcoin status. But then when you say about what have I done? So going back to the days, so the first initial funding I had was through those shares that we talked about. So that gave me the first enough money just to buy in, bought in pre the, the massive peak in, in 2017 and and then i left it like that didn't i that was just that was in it was again it was a transaction at that point it's going to go up just buy in went up went down and then i just started putting in little bits of bobs and i think revolute was the turning point for me for the dca because every transaction it was just a spare change would go go into it so if you spend 97p 3p would go into a spare change but you could actually have your spare change put as a crypto or as Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin was the only one they could actually do. Yeah. So I was just stocking it up and I would have like three or four pounds in there. And then it would go up a bit and it'd become three pound fifty. So it was, it was quite a nice thing. And then you sort of sort of um, bullied me and made me do a two or three X on where the spare chain was and then told me I was a pussy. And then I did 10X, which is the most expensive thing ever. So I think you can look at this in two ways. And what's that mean just for like people listening? Like, so when you 10x something, pretty much yeah. like what is it? So, like you were buying a lunch for for 350, which means yeah. like the funniest thing was with that was it was COVID time. So the NHS got this discount. So it was a I think it was a 299 meal deal, and they were going 20% off. And that's like, oh, that's nice of them, which meant it went down to two pounds nineteen, I think it was, which meant it was then every time I bought with the Revolut card, this two pounds nineteen lunch, it actually cost me another £8.90. So it was 81p change times 10, which was £8.10. So but £2.19 cost me £10, £11, I think it was. Yeah, so and I remember I, I texted you saying, I can't afford lunch anymore. <laughs> so, and it's funny how you start playing yourself and you start thinking, oh, if I can round this up to a quid, it'd be a tenner I put into Bitcoin. And it is actually insane. So I reckon over the a number of years, I've probably put two, three K into that spare change. Because obviously it's time as well. If I ever had spare change at the end of a month, I'd just dump it in there, which I later worked out it was actually a poor decision because it, the exchange rates and stuff aren't great. But it's still better. To be honest, it, it's not the best place to have brought it, but it's better to, than to have brought it there than to have just wasted left it. Left it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, left and it. Yeah, le- even worse, left it as pounds. Like it yeah. Is, at least that's the thing with Revolut. It isn't the best place to buy, and especially because you can't get it out very easily. Yeah. But, it's better to just to buy it and get exposure to the price appreciation than leave it at pounds. Like, yeah, yeah, better than nothing. Ideally, you should spend a little bit more time, get it into an exchange, buy it properly with proper fees, and get it to your hardware wallet. But that's right. And and you just see the the Bitcoin slowly going up and up and up. And I set it at half a Bitcoin. That was my target, and it was like a wishful thinking. And I've, I've actually named my vault Magic because you put money in and it just goes up. So I would almost certain to say if the money I've put in and actually spent on Revolut, I reckon I've doubled that money in Bitcoin. So I reckon, so let's just say for argument's sake, I put 
five pound in, I've got ten pound in there now. But it's considerably different value of money than that. Um, and it's something that I, I highly recommend to everybody. So even if you don't 10x your change, because if you haven't got that spare change, just put it by, even if it is just literally the change. If you do it now, you'll be, yeah, as we always say, future you will be very grateful. So yeah. going back to your first question about sacrifices. So what I what the, the arrangement we have is we both sort of have our own little pots of money that we give ourselves each month. That you can do what the hell you want is so if you, know, if you want to get a fancy haircut or you want to go shopping you don't have to ask the other so it gives you that independence you're talking, about, well as, you're talking about you and your wife uh, yeah that's it yeah so with that money it's literally do what you want with and i basically have never have a penny to carry over to the next month and that's because i get rid of it and so if i've got 50 quid if i do uh, no, Holly doesn't it no she does just she, keeps does she buy bitcoin with it or is she just she, she's still in there I'm going to have a nice haircut this month. Well, <laughs> she, she, to be fair, she doesn't waste money um, on stuff, but um, she yeah, hasn't. It's fine, she, like you said, it's like that, the rich, do what the fuck you want with money. Like, it man, is, yeah. Life is about that. Like you have yeah. to spend money to have a good time. Like if, if taking the kids out and going for a, going like yeah. out or whatever, that is do what you want money. It's absolutely fine to spend it. I'm just interested to see whether she has money left over or whether she's oh, buying any Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh no, no, she's not buying Bitcoin. But she um I think because I'm so heavily in, <laughs> um and then obviously go, going into my second part in a minute, you understand why she doesn't. But exactly right. She, to be fair, a lot of her money gets spent on the kids. So because I'm at work, she spends it on them. So <clears throat> it's all good. Um where was I going with it? Um but yeah, so with the with the money, so if anything goes over, um I whack it in. And I generally do it with Coinbase now. So it might be 50 quid, 100 quid, whatever it is. But then when I do betting, because that's my sort of my hobby, a little bit of football betting, and I, it, it's not big, big money, sort of 20 quid a weekend I put into thingy. But obviously, when I when I put it in from Revolut, it's a zero, zero. So that's a tennis. Whatever I put in, £10 goes into um, Bitcoin. So that's my punishment. So if I were to put a tender in, it costs me 20. But then sometimes you get clever and you think, oh, I want to put in for next weekend. I put 30 in now. So it's just a tenner. <laughs> so you've got to be careful that you don't start Literally playing yourself. Scamming, scamming yourself from your own <laughs> scam. Yeah. It's the scam within the scam, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you're finding the loopholes in your own scam. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a clever guy. Um, and yeah, so it, like I say, a bit of builds up. And then when I win on the bets, normally it's sort of like a five quid bet and it'd be five to one. So it'd be 20, 30 quid, 50 quid sort of sums of money that I win sometimes. And then what I do is I take it all out and it goes into the, um, uh, Bitcoin. So if I ever do get a half decent win, which when you, when you put in a five or a tenner on a, on a bet on a weekend, it, it does come in quite often. So it's nice. I can put that in. So you get, when I look through my um, Coinbase transactions, you can sort of see, and it's nice. And I then stick it on Blockfolio and then it's nice to see that, like 30 quid, 40 quid, go up to 35, 40 quid, and you just see it all grow. So that's just like the personal sort of fluttering money away. And that's exactly why the spare change comes in beautifully, because that is the money you just, like you say, just spunk up the wall. It doesn't even matter. You, it, it, back in the day when I used to go drinking, I would spend 80 quid on a night out. Obviously, I don't do that anymore. So I don't really have much to do with my money. I don't buy many clothes. I've never really have. Um, I don't. I don't use unnecessary purchase things. And I think that's my biggest thing. I don't, I've stopped wasting money. And I do sometimes, it's quite funny actually, I sometimes try not to make myself lunch so I have to buy lunch <laughs> so I could do spare change. But I think sometimes it's worth just chucking it in. But it is interesting that you start thinking, 
if we go out for a McDonald's or um, go to Starbucks or something, I always buy it on Revolut. So it costs me money, but I know it's nice because it's buying Bitcoin. So I'm actually like proud of it. I'm like, it doesn't matter, I had it. Beep. <laughs> Didn't worry about the joint. Ultimately, like it really does work out in the long term. Because obviously, I've only been yeah. a couple of years longer than you did on Revolut and I 10x'd it. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Worked out, I've worked out that the amount of money that I've spent on Revolut in total, I have more Bitcoin in that wallet than the total spend over the five years I've had the card. Because and let's just put that into perspective to people listening. You have traveled the world <laughs> and you've lived five star in, in Vegas, in New York, watching the ultimate UFC, like UFC and stuff. Yeah. So that just says a lot. And I, I know the sums of money it's in there and it's insane, isn't it? It's going to take you about five years to take it out at the moment. It? Yeah. And, and it's and it's it's a, like, this is the perfect problem to have. This is a proper first yeah. problem, right? I got, I got a load of shit when I said that on, on one of the pods. <laughs> and they were like, oh my God, I can't believe you said all that. You're complaining. It's going to take you loads of years to get Bitcoin out. Like, what, a, what a problem that is. And yeah, it's, it's right. But it's just, it's, it's something that like, I don't think people quite comprehend it. Like right. this is your spare change jar. Usually you people have a spare change jar. Like nearly everyone has one in their house. Mm-hmm. And you put your coppers in it. And then you treat yourself with a 20p sometimes, don't you? Yeah. And like, well, I think every like five or 10 years, people like crack this thing open, take it down the bank. And maybe there's a hundred quid in there. And you're mm-hmm. really happy. Like, yeah. Oh yes, I had a hundred quid, 300 pounds. This is amazing. Yeah. But like Revolut of just, you can supercharge that. So you can connect <laughs> it. Yeah. So you can, that hundred pounds suddenly you can fast forward that into a grand just through like accelerating mm. it. But then you can also put it into Bitcoin. And then that grand, if you had that in, in the, in the, like the bear market, it's 10 X. So now the grand is now worth 10 grand. <clears throat> this yeah. is, you've suddenly changed a penny jar from a hundred pounds to 10 grand. Which is more than most people's savings, bear that in mind. Yeah. Most people will never have 10 grand in their yeah. life. Yeah, it's, a, it's bloody house deposit on spare change. It's just stupid. Yeah, it's such a tiny change. And you don't notice it really, do you? No, it's no. slightly painful, but like really, like you were relatively like short on money anyway. You weren't like yeah. sloshing in cash. And uh, then suddenly you 10x this and you're getting tenors ripped away from you every other day. <laughs> and you, you survive the month, don't you? You realize, yeah. oh, I, I've, I'm like 100 or 150 pounds worse off because I've saved this into Bitcoin this month. But you haven't you don't noticeably miss out on anything do you no, no not at all just literally stealing from yourself because it's the best thing you can do i think yeah stealing from yourself to save i like that the other thing is you know when you look at your bank balance you accommodate your um lifestyle to to fit it so this is why me and holly do this we put a, a set number in which is quite a small number in fairness so it keeps you thinking not to like speculate too much because if you've got over a thousand pound in your account it doesn't matter it doesn't touch it so you, and also you get very hardened to a number. So let's say it's 300 pound is your number. As soon as it goes to 250 to 190, 190, you feel like you haven't got very much money left. But when you think about it, this is just for you to do whatever you want with. So if you start getting in the habit of seeing 500 pounds in there, as soon as it gets to 300, you go, oh my God, I haven't got very much money left. And you get trained. And this is how we're so stupid as humans or you know, clever as humans, I don't know. But we do get worried about this thing. So <clears throat> that's why as soon as I, with the, um, the, the the money that I spend and it goes on the um the spare change jar, you start to see it go to 90. You think, oh, better not start spending this lunch. And you ring things back. So you're exactly right. I've never once gone to zero and never missed out. So I don't think anyway, because a lot of your stuff that you say you need is luxury, isn't it? 
I, I could easily just wait until I got into work and have a brew and not just get it from the, the A&E cafe on the outside of the department. <laughs> Simple changes. It's not difficult. Uh, but otherwise, then, so that's the main, that's my main sort of play money. Then you have your, obviously your joint money where it's for your bills, house, mortgage and stuff. So we have a set thing for that where all the bills go out and we've got enough money to live. So that's where the spare change thing wouldn't work because it would whittle that down and then your standard living would drop. So we've got a normal standard living and anything excess of that gets um, invested. And in the old days, it would just go into a savings in a bank, earning 0.01% of where it was. So it would basically just a place to hold it, isn't it? And you wouldn't spend it, you wouldn't touch it, and it's there for your holidays, it's there for the boiler when it breaks, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> now it's just going bang straight into Bitcoin. And I do it on the same day every month. So we both get paid on the same day. We put all the money everywhere, and then on the 26th, it goes in. doesn't matter when. What we're doing with the, the graphs, it just goes in. And I think it was until, obviously, maybe a month ago, I, every every transaction was up. But obviously, we, we've had a recent bit of a uh, dip, haven't we? Um, and what we have done, we've never really updated our life. So I've had, we've, well, we both have had some decent promotions in our time. Me, more recently, have had a few major ones. So I'm quite high up in management in, in the job, in the NHS now. But I haven't got a new car, still sitting with my car. When I was on 16 grand training, I had um, my, my car, which has got a lovely reg plate, which is T-Villa, um, a CI Ibiza, and it's an 11 plate. I've still got it. It's 10 years old now, and I don't plan to re- check it in. And you look around the car parks, and everyone's got 21 plates, and it's because buying things like that is so easy. And, of course, I could afford to put that on a, a lease, because that's all everyone does, lease it. But it'd be 500 quid a month. Now, there you go. That's your, your DCA money gone. So my plan is, um, which is moving into where we want to go with this, is to have the point where you've got enough held that you can just skim a bit off for your lifestyle to put your life where, it, where it potentially it could be. Because obviously I could have a slightly bigger house now, I could have a slightly better car, but we've, we've stuck with everything because we don't, this isn't the right time. Yeah. We were talking the other day, inflation's killing houses at the moment. People were celebrating that my house, like my house got up like 80 grand, I think. Great. But when we want to upgrade it, it's gone up 200 grand <laughs> or whatever, if you understand an equivalent area of the equivalent house. So it's not a time to do any of that. So it's, the time is where we are now. We're in a golden era where it's the 80s house price. Buy as many houses in the 80s, you're going to make millions, well, hundreds of thousands of pounds. Now it's the time just to get in, hold, hold it Buy, buy, buy. Who cares about everything about the the graphs? Because in effect, it's irrelevant. These pricing is, for me, it's not even in the comprehension of selling. Bit, sorry, Bitcoin. Yeah. So, so just get in with Bitcoin now, and the graphs are for me are completely irrelevant. Whilst I do check them about fifty thousand times a day, it's just for interest. Like, in the numbers are so low that I wouldn't even consider even skimming anything at the moment. And because of the nature of the way that we've got the strategy to build in this part, we don't need that money. If that money, if it, if it literally, if somebody ended up hacking into Satoshi's code and deleting it, I would still be able to live the life I'm living today. Mm-hmm. My future life in my brain, what we've discussed many a time, would not happen. But what my daily living is not going to change. So, and I think that's the safe way to do these sort of things. Um, and. Going, going back to what, where you want to go in the future, well, the, we know what's going to happen with the price when it gets adopted into major currency, which we're already seeing happen. 
And I heard how excited you were yesterday about, you know, the plan being first wave was the normal public got excited in 2017 and all FOMO'd in. And then this cycle, we started to see some companies FOMOing in. And now we've got a country just done it. And El Salvador, obviously making it their legitimate currency um, of the Bitcoin standard. It's it's quite insane. And, yeah. and then but you put the price is not reflected in it yet. So it shows that the adoption is still miles off, absolutely miles off. And it's, it's so exciting. I just think that people listening just need to take a, a bit of a, a leap of faith and just start getting in, but get in small. Don't go silly and do the 10K jump ins and stuff like that because that's when it does hurt you because then you do need the money. Yeah. And I, I, you can jump in with both feet into the educational part and then just yeah. go in financially as and when you think you can, you can handle it. Because yeah. that's the thing, like, because it's you, know, you couldn't have done the amount of money you have in now. The only reason like it was even possible is because you've done it over years, mm-hmm. years and years and years, and then that suddenly, and everyone thinks I'm never going to get the amount of money into Bitcoin that I need to be able to retire. Mm-hmm. And to a certain extent, like you might even be right, but it's insane to like leave, like go, <laughs> oh, I can only get a thousand pounds in, for example, over two years because I can only afford fifty pounds a month. So I'm only going to get a grand in over a two-year period. And you go, okay, but you might 100x that money. So you're going to turn that £1,000 into 100000 Oh, it's not enough. I can't retire on that. Exactly. Yeah. You're turning down £99,000 <clears throat> worth of returns there. And also protecting that 1000 Well, not only are you protecting 1000 from going down to 900 to 800 to 700 over the next 20 years, you're increasing the spending power to 100K. And because that's not, not enough to buy your mansion of a swimming pool, you're turning your nose up at it and going, I'll do something else. I'll just, I'd rather buy a thousand lottery tickets. And it's just such like yep. poor decision making that because that 1,000 pounds of lottery tickets is 99.99999% chance going to zero, which all the other get rich quick schemes on Instagram and Facebook will also do. Whereas you have Bitcoin here, which worst case scenario, I would say for the next five years, you're going to 10x the value. <laughs> and, and in reality, once you do the 10x, you're not going to want to sell because at that point during a five-year period, it's why I always trick people into coming in for five years mm-hmm. because during that time, with a, with a sizable investment into Bitcoin, you will read, you will listen, you will start educating yourself and you'll realize Bitcoin's the future and you will just continue to stack on top of stack and stack and stack. And everyone will have that plan to when they're going to to exit. But the closer you get to it, the less you want to. Like, <laughs> I just, I, I, I had personal numbers back from 2017 when I did take some out to 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 leave the the day job. I then set another number to go. This is when I get out. Mm-hmm. Um, the next chunk to set my life up to the next level. I doubled that number about six months ago. I have not touched a thing. It's, it's just like this is just getting started, and I. Don't want to. I just don't want to. I don't want to sell any of my sats to Elon Musk, and he's buying right now. <laughs> I'm like, he doesn't get them yet. He gets them yeah. at a million dollars a coin at least. <laughs> like, not yet. That's it. Yeah. And um, and when we get to a million, I'm gonna be like, no, ten million, ten million a coin. <laughs> and uh, well, interestingly, so. so I think one of the things you sort of like alluded to then is it was something you talked to me about before about the um, you know, the two monkeys that were in the cage. 
and you yeah. feed you feed one grape. So I'm going to put it into the human perspective first. So so I could have done the same thing as what you said. So you were in before me and you got in, I don't know, it was probably like, well, it's about a third, if not half the price of when I would have started. Yeah, that would have been about right. And well, to be honest, it's probably not you as a good example, but now look at you. So you've retired, you've got yourself set up. So people looking in now go, oh, you know, it's price is 25K. If I put in 10 grand now, it's not even half a Bitcoin. What's the point? Because even if it goes up to 250K, it's only going to do the 10X. So, and that's the point, isn't it? It's because you've got retired, but I can't retire. But if I was to put 10K into an ISA that was going to guarantee you 250K, you, you're going to do it, aren't you? Because yeah. why wouldn't you? Even if it said in 30 years' time, this would be the equivalent money of whatever it is now, then, so let's say it'd be 500K in those days, it'd be 500K if you put 10K in now, but leave it for 30 years. You'd all do it. Yeah. But because 10k into an ISA right now for 30 years, I think you better get about 11k back. <laughs> yes, exactly. And yes, it'd be worth about 2k in, in our money now. And that's that's the that's the incredible thing. And because of the Bitcoin millionaires and all those 18 rolls that, that smashed it on um, all those um, shit coins in 2017, everyone wants to do the next boom. And all they're gonna. But the thing is, there is no new Bitcoin. Like we've missed. You, you've we see we missed the 80s. We've had we've basically just met with recession haven't we in our lifetime but this is our this is the golden nugget here but people have seen other people and want to compare and i think that's it's just it's human behavior but talk about that that monkey story just to pull it into perspective yeah so it's it, exactly this it's the whole concept of fairness and we we think that um and if you don't think something is fair then you will actually like have a worse experience purely because you think something isn't fair. So you will actually hurt yourself, knowingly hurt yourself. <laughs> and that's what these two monkeys do. So the two monkeys, they have to walk over, they have to put a stone on a little block. And if they put the stone on the block, um, they they get a little beep and then they get a nut through the cage. So they, the two monkeys are next to each other. They can see themselves doing it. They get their little rock. They put it on a little um, spot. Beep goes off. The scientist gives the two monkeys a, a peanut. And they eat it. They then do the same thing again. Um, but this time, one gets a peanut and the other one gets a grape. And uh, the peanut, the monkey that gets the peanut, like, looks at his peanut, looks across. He's like, hold on. I... And he just puts it down and just goes, I'm just going to do that again. And he gets his stone and he puts it on the thing. It beeps. The other monkey does the same. He gets a grape again. This guy gets a peanut again. <laughs> this time he realizes it wasn't a mistake. He's being shortchanged. He's doing the same amount of work as the guy next door. He's getting shortchanged. He's getting peanuts. The other guy's getting grapes. And at this point, he launches the, the peanut out of the cage and hits the scientist with it. So what before was perfectly good payment for that task, and he was perfectly content because he was making sure we're both getting the same. The second the other guy got, this, got something more, even though he was doing the same amount of work, the concept of fairness even exists in monkeys, and you will throw away the food that you get, you'd rather have nothing yeah. than let that scientist think he's getting away with shortchanging you. And that's exactly the concept like you've got, got with Bitcoin there, where I'm kind of in the cage next to you and bought a load of um, Bitcoin and Satoshis for a cheaper price than you, having done no extra work. I was just earlier. Mm -hmm. So you can sit in the other cage and go, are you going to throw your Satoshis back? Or you can <laughs> buy them and get less. You are going to get less. But... If you don't do it today, then tomorrow you're, you're going to get even less. <laughs> and next year, even less. 
and if in 10 years yeah you, you'll get even less so it's yes life is not fair like mm -hmm. did i do anything special like <clears throat> really like did but that's the thing i grew up in the property boom the, the people before me that all bought 10 houses for 20 grand a pop and all selling them for 400 grand a pop did they do anything better than me that i could have done if i had been 30 50 years earlier than i when i got born no they all they did would be born 50 years earlier than me and they were all millionaires and i remember growing up in that world resenting it going mm -hmm. Fuck those how the hell are they all millionaires just by buying houses that were super cheap and now they've all now an average house price of 250 300 grand now you, now an average person can't buy four or five of those unless you're already a millionaire so whereas before you only needed like 100 grand and you could buy five houses and that was quite an obtainable amount of money you know with some debt and build it up and then pay that off over 20 years and then suddenly when you get into your 50s and 60s you're automatically a millionaire because the value of the houses go from 100k to 2 million and you've made it well this is this generation this is yeah. our we reinvented money and you only reinvent money once every 500 years so this is even rarer than property so this is this this is it and yeah we're not at the top of the <clears throat> market at all. we're in that in that boom from like the average house price being 20k to 250 where we are today i would say we're from the 20 we've probably just about hit 50 and <laughs> so we've got all that path to go from 50 to 250 so yeah the price is not is already double if not higher than what it what it was but it's still got a hell of a long way to go and do you want to sit on the sidelines and still be resentful for the people that bought all the houses at 20 grand and you're not going to buy a single one at 40 it's still an crazy good investment the irony behind like the whole fairness thing <clears throat> i think there is whilst so it's, it's probably going back to the monkeys that it's like the person who ends up throwing the peanut back at the scientist it's like his mate learned how to actually put the stone on the the button to make it beep like you've learned how to do bitcoin from such a infancy of the the concept even <clears throat> to actually working it out to securing it to, to believing in it to be fair then you've passed that on which is the unique thing about bitcoiners is they pass on their information and you've passed it all on. You've passed it on to a lot of people. I'd love to see, you know, when you say about COVID spreading, I'd love to see Gareth and then the exponential growth of Bitcoin that's come from you. I also spread COVID quite far and wide as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 probably. <laughs> I want at least two grannies to my name, at least. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I think that's the, the thing about it. So why are you getting more? Why have you had the chance to retire now? Because you believed in it when we were all like, coin what? Bit? I have no idea what the hell you're on about. And that's it. So I think the element of fairness is you deserve it. I deserve it a bit more than the person that's coming after me and, and so on. And then we just bring our families with us. And I think, I think you've said in the past, everyone needs to have that one person in their immediate family that, will support the others and if everyone can do that to their level then that's the, the way you sort of self self bank or whatever self-sovereign your family don't you yeah um, people don't like the phrase but you do buy bitcoin at the price you deserve yeah i, I think that's that's a real good motto especially now because everyone has heard of it now mm -hmm. like even back in 2017 most people had heard of it but yeah. then I think you start to start to hear it. The price is going up so fast and comes down so fast. I think that does scare people off. So I can understand why people didn't want to touch it. But we've had four years of relatively flat price action 
largely down and then the last year we've gone hugely up again but everyone has heard about it now there's no excuse to not have gone what is this and and yeah it's the people that are curious and want to qualify it and verify it and then it's all about then your behaviors when it comes to money if you're bad with money and and i do see a general kind of attitude where if you're bad with money it's almost like a badge of honor like people aren't ashamed to tell you they're bad with money they're like, oh yeah, I get money, I spend it. I'm really bad. <laughs> no, like, you're okay, right. That's awful. That's really bad. Like, because that is that means you're going to be working to your 70 because you're literally admitting you don't have the ability to save and have that self-control. And the second you get a pay rise, you're just going to spend the pay rise instantly. Mm. You're always going to just keep expanding your life yeah. living to however much you earn. And it's a really sad way to live because the, the most of the items you buy on a monthly basis, they're not going going to be around in five years. Most of them just get old, get tatty, and you throw them away. It's appreciate, yeah. And uh, yeah. If you invest it like those, you, you will that money that you don't even notice you spent in five ten years will be a noticeable amount of money that can change mm. your life. And it could. I the way I always to look at it as well was. How many years do I need of worth of money? So every time I'm saving money, I'm like, that's another two months I don't need to work. Like that's how I used to denominate it in. And that's so powerful, I think. Like mm. that's time. Consider how much, yeah, buy time. Exactly. That's what I was doing. I'd buying my life back. I almost saw like work as a prison sentence. And the more money I could save, the shorter my sentences. So why would I and the irony behind it is you loved your job, didn't you? Yeah. You absolutely excelled in what you did. So you talk like you hated it, but you were absolutely dedicated to the core. And that was, you always said it was going to give you a heart attack. It was that or poker that would give you the heart attack. Now it's Bitcoin price giving me the heart attack. It does, yeah. Well, the, in, the, the interesting thing as well, and sometimes I want to clarify here, is I've talked about not having to flitter and flutter your cash away. But what I don't do is I don't skimp on lifestyle either. So we still have holidays, like we're going away in a couple of weeks. Like we're still doing that. We're making sure the kids go to have, they go to nursery, they go to all the activity camps they can. We, I've just got Harry doing athletics. Um, Jesse and Harry have got all the toys they could possibly ever want. So we don't live in poverty to fund this. So if like I go back to the whole point of if it goes to zero and the last five years have been pointless, then I won't regret a thing. The what I would regret is not going in now because I I could never look back. And I used to say to you, I'm not going to come and visit you on your yacht. I want to be in my little speedboat next to your yacht. <laughs> you can be the boat inside my boat. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, I didn't want to just use your swimming pool. I wanted to, I didn't want to clean your swimming pool. I wanted to be jumping in and actually using it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, is, it is a good point because it is a very, very delicate balance because you never know what life holds like you could get a catastrophic kind of diagnosis tomorrow mm-hmm. yeah. you've got six months and if you've all you've done is saved and not ha- enjoyed any nice food or you mm. haven't treated your kids and all that kind of stuff you put your all your, your entire yeah. life on pause waiting for the big payday that's bad like you have to enjoy the journey you have to have fun and it's very hard like everyone has different levels of that but you can do it like largely without the huge expenses largely oh i think that because i do it as well it's just you just cut the odd thing back and it's like it's the the expensive shirt or Mm. the the temptation to get the car or to buy the bigger house 
Like if you cut out those big expenses, big ticket items, yeah, they're the things that screw you. Like that, like the car, like like you said, that five hundred pound a month, that is huge. That that is the biggest expense of the month every month now for four years, and then you'll just mm. release it. So yeah. it's literally if you just can cut out the big ticket items and be be sensible, a lot of the smaller ticket items like that extra meal out on Saturday or the extra day out yeah. with the kids or it doesn't matter, does it? The, yeah. the extra villa shirt that you want. These things, they just blend in. They're just like 50 to hundred quid a pop. You can do that twice a month and it still isn't as bad as the one bad decision yeah. to get in the car. Yeah, I agree. Cause the other thing I've, we've done as well is we've got rid of all debt <clears throat> other than the mortgage. So outgoings wise, it's all gone because we've got both the cars owned outright. Cause what, what the dirty thing is and what a lot of people have done in the NHS have gone into the NHS um, pay scheme, you know, where your car comes out of your pay before tax, which is quite sensible. It is like 20, 30% cheaper than it would have been. It will bring you back under the 40% bracket of tax as well. But you never will have the opportunity to own that car because I think you get maintenance in there. You get all the goods. You get it, like the top spec car. So you might get a 50K car, pay 500 quid a month. You know, after your four, three years, You've got 25k to pay or something daft i don't know the numbers but it'd be a lot so you're never realistically ever going to buy it therefore you go back and get a new car so what's all that money gone you thought you were saving your tax on it but you've just had a fancy rental and who are you impressing i drive to a train station and back <laughs> i don't drive into birmingham what's the point of me having a, a fancy car out there i hate the to fam- say it, that sounds like i i, I do think like the nhs and like a lot of government jobs like they make the pension so good to make you stay there. Mm. And then that type of car deal, it really disgusts me because they have incentivized you so heavily to buy into that because they've made it tax efficient. Mm. But yeah. by doing it, they are stealing so much of your money and putting it into the car instead of your pocket that you're still net way down. And you're going to have to work for decades longer because you're doing that. And also you got to think as well, the NHS, it, I did an essay on it for the MBA tonight. It's got 1.3 million people um, employed. So if you think, if you can get, say, even 1% of that, rubbish at maths, under 1,000 people, whatever it would be, would that be right? That'd be 10%. So like a couple of thousand people doing it. You can guarantee they have, they've got a fleet that they use. I think it's called Knoll Fleet or something. So I can guarantee you procurement will be getting a um, 5% rebate or, or stuff. So they'll be making money back from the payments. So it's a very, very clever thing, and they pay less national insurance. So it's win-win-win for the for the government, and poor NHS workers are a little bit less rich or less well off, and then they have to work longer. So it's simple things like that where it's you just got to have the bigger, take a breath and think about it. Yeah, when, it's, when those decisions. Like, it's like what we discussed last week about um, like stamp duty being taken away, and they're mm. doing that there where they're making your car payment be tax-free. It's like. Why is the government allowing you to do these things? They they make give you tax breaks provided you agree to getting in a shit ton of debt, which just means you have to work longer and some company on the side is getting paid the interest uh, or yeah. selling you some form of product. It's just so annoying. Like if they just genuinely did something where they went, oh, you want to buy a car? Yeah, yeah, here's an extra four grand for it, free. Now that is like, I couldn't question that. But they're doing the equivalent here going, yeah, we'll probably give you a three or 4K kind of like way in and that will be off the car in tax. But you've got to lump this on as well. It's a four-year deal and it's 25 grand. 
So in reality, yeah, you're stuck in a never-ending cycle of car payments now. For and guess what? Life. You leave the NHS, you ain't got no car. Yeah. So you can't. Or you have to. Pay, or you have to pay that five hundred quid. Yeah. Yeah. Or you have to pay that five hundred quid, which is now going to cost you six hundred quid. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I keep mailing. So conniving. Yeah, it's just, but again, it's having that critical brain to think about these things. It does sound quite nice. A lot of people drive some sexy cars now. Yeah, I bet. And it, and it, I, I know that. I know that. Like yeah. A bit of a fashion show in the car park, doesn't it? it? Does in 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 the train station car park? There's some right beauties in there <laughs> as they jump on the train. <laughs> Incredible. Sit next um, to this person, freaking hitting themselves up yeah I, I told you that time when i was sat on the train covid times and the train this is how stupid was the train conductors weren't allowed to ask you for a ticket because of covid oh. so it meant we so basically the trains were there was no it was only key workers that were on there it was key workers homeless and they said i spoke to a guy saying it's quite dangerous now because i'm on the train sometimes on my own and there's a load of like random homeless people well, i say homeless it's, it's quite a harsh thing to say but they were all smashed off their tits and they were on that spy stuff, so they're like zombies. And they would be asleep at the thing. They'd wake up, clapping. They'd be shouting. And it's for me, I wasn't too fussed because it's like, well, what are they going to do? They won't be able to put a punch together. But you don't know if they got a knife. You don't know any of that. And obviously, I'm there dressed in like a suit, and you look like there's a knife. I've got a knife in, haven't I? I've got a wallet with a tenner in. It'd be worth taking. Or poor Holly when she was on the train, pregnant. Very vulnerable. Easy target. So uh, th- those it's sort of things. As well, isn't it? It's a guaranteed iPhone as well. Yeah, everyone's got one now, haven't they? So, but yeah, I don't know how we got into homeless, but that was the COVID, yeah. Interestingly, on COVID, do you know hospital admissions are through the roof now? Not COVID-related. It's because of all the people that haven't been looked after over the COVID time, and it's really sad. We're massively overwhelmed. I know. Incredible. Um, but anyway, that was a side topic. You could have guessed. Shut down the hospitals for a year, and now suddenly we've got a big waiting list. Couldn't have guessed. Yeah. Um, well, it's not a waiting list. It's A and E because people have actually got that ill that they're coming to A and E, and we can't um, get them through the four-hour wait. Yeah. Well, pe- people incredible. are still terrified to go to the doctor. Like that, I don't think they're wasting the time because there's too many COVID patients in there, which is not true. So they're just well, there isn't any COVID patients now. We that is the no. hundred yeah. percent. But yeah. people still think that we still we still get told that there are. So yeah. genuinely ill people go, I don't want to go in, either because they don't want to bother them or because they're scared of getting it themselves. So they're waiting and waiting and waiting. Mm. And then boom, now they're properly ill and it's too late. Yeah, so yeah. I, I can fully expect all the numbers, but all the the proper like big illnesses, the the diabetes, the heart disease, the cancer. The heart disease, yeah. So, cancer, to be fair, I don't think is the issue. Um, it's the heart disease. It's the the stuff like that that's costing us strokes, things like that, all because of poor comorbidities. But anyway, going, going back to the, the Bitcoin thing. So... <clears throat> What I what I sometimes get a little bit frustrated about is people saying stuff like, "In I'm only here for it. I'm here and I'm looking at a few year investment and stuff like that." That is still, in my opinion, got the me and you shares attitude. And I think where do you become a Bitcoiner? So I was thinking about this. We all we all deal in pound sterling, don't we? I didn't know anything about the value of money in the sense of where it all came from until I read Bitcoin lessons. So, but I was, I had all the money because I, I dealt in it. I used to buy everything in that money. So I would say I was a sterling or whatever. So what makes you a Bitcoiner? Does Bitcoin make you have a Satoshi? Are you now a Bitcoiner? Or are you someone that, in my eyes, a Bitcoiner is someone that's going to be transacting in satoshis in the future and this is why 
I really struggle to even be that bothered. I, when people ask me, where's your price? I, I struggle with it because my price is to pay the house off. That's my last bit of debt. But I, I will not, 100% not want to sell anything near 50%, not even near that. So in that case, my price is bloody massive. But then I think, yeah, I don't think it's going to be too long before you're going to be able to actually spend it for as a as a, a what do we call it a bartering thing, you know, an exchange method. So what? When do you become a Bitcoin? Is it the belief that it's, you're going to just hold Bitcoin in the future and pounds and dollars are gone, or is it somebody that goes, yeah, I've read a bit about it, I believe it, but in, as soon as it gets to 100k, I'm out, or I'm going to sell 90 percent. That are you a Bitcoiner still? But you're still at 10 percent. I, I see that's where I really struggle. I'd be interested to see what you think. Yeah, I, I think I think like with anything, it's in, down to the individual. But I think you become a Bitcoiner once you realize that fiat money is broken. And the only reason you ever hold any of it and would convert your Bitcoin into it is purely to sort your life out. And and you just have whatever your whatever the things you want in your in your personal life. And they can be very modest or they could be, I want yachts and freaking gold watches all over the place it doesn't matter so you're the, the two people are gonna have different different prices and i think it also depends how old you are so because mm. yeah, if, if you're 60 then then yeah you you're, you're gonna have like depending on where bitcoin hyper bitcoinization comes and where the price goes even who knows like the the risk of the diagnosis is even sooner for you mm. so I think provided like it's a, I think it's more like a mental state of provided you understand fear is 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 trash and bitcoin is the future and going to be the bitcoin standard and you're just desperate to try and help out your family and your future generations as much as you can we're passing on some satoshis now on that way depending on how old you are depending on how much money you have you know at some point you need to spend things in real life you need to eat food you need to pay for your housing in some shape or form you need to buy goods and freaking clothes and a car you need all these things just to live mm-hmm. so selling your bitcoin and especially like to a certain extent like i'm nearly now 100 in i i had some shares um in tesla and amazon i still have the amazon ones but the tesla ones now went and they went into bitcoin so it's getting to a point where i am going to run out of non-bitcoin value so if i just want to buy dinner i'm gonna have to buy bitcoin and i well they won't accept bitcoin um by and large so i'm gonna have to sell a bit so does that mean i'm not a bitcoin anymore it's like well no it's just like if anything i'm once you're all in like, you haven't got anything else left to sell so yeah. I don't have a, a big enough income really at the moment so i need to potentially try and and um so it'd be interesting because I, I have been thinking about that about once the time comes where I run out of money to and other investments to sell to fund a lifestyle, what do I do? Because I just feel pain thinking, oh my God, I have to send no Bitcoin only goes one way. It goes into my ledger. I never send it back out. <laughs> and uh, I, I hate the fact that I did it in 2017 and I finally managed to get that stack up and over the that number and I've undone that mistake. And now I'm like, I don't want to redo the mistake again. Like that's yeah. The last thing time, I'm literally tempted to go and get a fiat job and just like start earning money just to just to pay the bills. And that that's how much I do not want to sell Satoshis, even yeah. though like, I could potentially have like fifty years worth of money sat here. And I'm just <laughs> determined, like, no, I need a couple of grand for this month to like you know go on holiday or something. So I'm going to go get a job. 
I think it goes, it boils back down to the fact that there's 21 million Bitcoin, 48 million, ever the last remembering what you said, of millionaires. So there's less than a Bitcoin per millionaire or half a Bitcoin per millionaire. And if you've got more than one, then you're bloody laughing. And everyone, the big thing these days is to become a, a full coiner, isn't it? And that's just, it just when you think about where the, you know, you're saying about the, the levels of when you got in, you're getting when you deserve, people get into that stage. That's impressive. If you get to a whole coin, you think about how much money you've put in. That's really impressive. And there's a hell of a lot of money to have invested in. Mm. You feel sorry for them, don't you, a little bit? You think, oh, that's a shame. But then I don't as well, because it's like they're, they're opportunity. Yeah. Well, this is but, a massive opportunity. It's 50%. It, we used to be the moment, nearly yeah. 50K, and now it's yeah. nearer 20. So I think at 50K, that is out of the reach 99% of people now. Even if you dollar cost average in over a number of years, you're still not going to get to 50K. At 20K, that's yeah, not possible. If you, if you yeah. like put in, like you still got to do a grand a month for two years to get to that. But you're not going to get it. Because the price isn't going to stay here. No. It's it's at least it's in range. Like a full coin is actually a thing. Like yeah. if we fast forward five years, a whole coin is, is going to be the same as going to the average person on the street and saying, "Are you a millionaire? And could you save to be? A, could you save a million pounds?" And that's going to be the same thing when we talk about being a whole coin. It's not going to be even a thing. Yeah, well, I think we a lot of people. We we used to talk in Bitcoin terms in the past, and now we're talking Satoshi's. So. That straight away you're already breaking the derivative down, and I knew you were saying earlier about um, there's even a derivative of Satoshi, isn't there? Mm. So we've already got the scale there. Um, my, I, I did laugh when Ross had asked you if there was a crypto shit version like um, silver to gold, and you were just like, no, <laughs> like, shut no. up, <laughs> no. <laughs> I did laugh. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a, it's a it'd be a, an interesting road. But yeah, what else? You done? <laughs> no, just just thinking about um, what else we had on the on the agenda. Um, I suppose it's like when when do you want to like uh, quit the day job? Like when when do you oh, think see. You get there? Like oh, I see, that's a good point. And like what? And potentially, like what are you going to sacrifice between now and then to get there? Okay, so for me, I've. I'm full in as well. So I'm doing both. I'm all in financially on the Bitcoin side, but then I'm similarly all in on the career. So I really have got high ambition to try and change the NHS slightly. And I'm doing, I'm doing some good tweaks as I'm going. I'm getting into positions where eventually I can influence things. And I'm more than happy to stay on this road for a few years. And I've said, I, my, my aim is 40. So, well, I said 39. So that's the next halving after that one. So to be honest, the price in my eyes, it would be nice if you could spike 100k quick, so I could just smack a couple, of, you know, bit out and get a house paid off, and then not have to worry about that. And then it means for the next halving, I can just DCA, but with the mortgage price going in as well to Bitcoin, so to basically rebuy it, but then not have any overheads. That would be nice, but concentrate on getting a decent job and almost worry, not worrying too much about trying to retire because. When you say retire, it's like it's not for you, it was just you retire. For me, I've got obviously got Holly, so there's no point in me retiring if she hasn't because it's our money. So we both need to, so that's straight away two people worth of retirement. And then you got two kids who are going to need to send her to the factory. Yeah, <laughs> I could think of that or, or trade her in. <laughs> cut, cut. <laughs> chicken in the box, and you earn your weight, love. 
that's it, isn't it? Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's the thing. So retirement is is where what number do you put on retirement? That's the hard thing, isn't it? With you, you retired, but you knew you only had probably ten years of retirement. But you've got a different brain to a lot. You've you're an entrepreneur. You've created quite a lot, even in your small time of being out of work, and you're heavily in Bitcoin. So you're probably never going to ever worry about it. But if you aren't in as deep as you, you're going to need a lot of money to retire. Therefore, you need to keep stacking. And that, that's all my aim is, is to keep earning as much. I'm even trying to contemplate getting out of the so-called amazing pension scheme to the NHS. Because as much as amazing it is, if, if money's not going to be there when I'm 70, when it's already 67, pension age, it's going to be 72 probably by the time I get there. And... I'm putting like 12 and a half. You're dead then. Exactly. And it's 12 and a half percent of the wage is going straight into that. Yeah, they match it with with 20% more going in. So it is good. It is good. But the thing is, if I'm not going to get to 72. It's the same thing as the car thing. It sounds good on paper. Yeah. But it's not going to exist in the end of it, which if. if You might die. There's so many many things can happen in the next 40 years. That's incredible, isn't it? 40 years of paying that. So that's what I'm going to... So that's probably the big sacrifice I'm going to do or the big life decision. Get out of there. That's probably going to be another... Because obviously it means I'll be paying more tax because it's tax relief on it, isn't it? So it'll probably... Back yourself, don't you? It's like... Yeah. Back yourself, back indeed. Yourself. Take the money and just... Yeah. Like, are you going to... This is the whole thing. Like, if you're... if you Once you get out of the mindset of, oh, I'm bad with money, because the only reason people have pensions... Is because they completely offload the responsibility of having money in your old age to the government and go, I need to give you 12.5% of my own money, like, like a kids do to their parents, mm. and give their pocket money to them and go, hide it, because I want something big at Christmas. And I can't be trusted to not spend it on sweets. So hide it from me. And then get that £100 out at Christmas and get me a big present. That's what mm. I want. And it's like doing that, but as an adult, and giving it to the government and going and, and the government go, don't worry, hopefully it'll be here in 50 <laughs> years' time when you retire. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Depends if the stock market's broken, depending if our currency's hyperinflated in that time. Who knows? We might want to steal all this pension and go to war with someone. We don't know, but hopefully we don't. And just take control of that yourself. I can't, it really angers me how, how many intelligent people offload this, this decision purely because of a couple of tax breaks. I'm like, the pension funds perform so badly. Just take that money yourself, invest it yourself in whatever, and freaking own your own money. Have control over it. And yeah, you pay a bit of extra tax on it. Who cares? You pay tax on it once it comes out at the other end when you're 72 anyway. It's just... I think the, the thing that's good oh, about no. a pension in, in the way it's sold is you put 12.5% in, they put 20.5% in, so it ends up being 37.5% or whatever it is, or 32.5% goes in and it is quite a nice amount of money but then you've got to think of what the, the value of money is going to be most companies i don't know the nhs but most companies that percent they have to put in you don't have to put you can put zero in you can even put it that's what so i this, used to do this is I the trouble in. the company put 10 in or something i think it wasn't yeah. 10 it was like seven but they put their seven percent in and they go oh you can match it if you want i was like do i have to can i just put zero in they're like um no one's asked this i'm like well i'm asking it and they went, oh, actually, yeah, you can put zero in. I'm like, brilliant. Thanks yeah, for the so free I'm... money. I'll take the 7% pay rise, but you're not getting a penny from me. Because and yeah. now the only money again, and I, I just written it off. I have a chunk of money in a pension. I just can't touch it. 
No one will give it to me. I'm like, I want that money. I want to invest it in what I believe in. And they're like, you can change funds. I'm like, okay, list the funds I can put it into. Oh, they're different levels of risk. And I'm like, well, I want it in the highest risk one. They're like, oh, you're already in that one. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, but the highest risk for you is like 3%. Like, I want bad fucking 60% ups and downs every day, please. (laughs) We don't don't do that. I'm like, well, yeah, well, give it me. They're like, it's illegal. I'm like, I'll pay the tax. Whatever the tax is, take take half of it. I just want the other half. I can guarantee if I have the half that's left, I will 10x that in the next 10 years. You will just leave it the same. And they were like, you can't have it. It's illegal. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Like, I, 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 so I'm 72, I, right? What the fuck? So I've just written off. I'm like, I'll be dead by 72. I'm not getting <laughs> I know I'm not getting there. I, inc- I, um, I inquired about doing that, putting nothing in, and the NHS scheme, they won't let you. But it depends who I'm speaking to, doesn't it? So I, I may really ask, but yeah. The other thing that you, you get, the other good thing you do get with the NHS is if I was to die whilst I was working in the pension scheme, you get so many years worth of salary for your wife. <clears throat> so that is the, it's like a life insurance, but I've got life insurance anyway. So. It's just crazy though. Everything we're talking about here is like, yeah, you get money, but in exchange for debt, or you get money exchange for debt. when you're really dead. And really, we're nearly dead. Or you get a load or more money when you actually are dead. You're like, can I have any money when I'm actually fit and healthy, please? <laughs> oh no, 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 we don't have any deals for that. <laughs> no, it's, it's a really good point. So, and then the other thing you were saying about how am I going to get to the point of having enough? And for me, I've got one strategy, and that's DCA. But the thing is, where else are you going to get? What about your expenses and stuff. Like, is there anything like you have like seen uh, the car and the house? Okay. Any, any yeah. pressure from like the misses around expenses? I think the, the main one is the type of holiday we go for. Um, we're, we're, the thing is, we're really happy with just where we are. It doesn't matter where we are, it's who we're with. So we're not, well, we haven't ex- up that at all. So we're doing a Premier Inn hop-in holiday, which is beautiful prices. We're going to some decent places. We're going to like um, New Forest, um, Isle of Wight, and then to Bournemouth. All on Premier Inns because you know what you're getting. It was like forty quid a night, it's, and it's a decent, the decent aren't it, in these places. Mm-hmm. If you go to a hotel, you're talking two hundred quid in Bournemouth. So why wouldn't you? And it suits all four of us can go there because the equivalent holiday that we had last year or the year before is three times more expensive this year than what it was. You know, we were, you know, we and no one's going away, are they? So yeah, you know, we were, we went to Newquay in the past, we went to those like static home things, like you know, Pine Lodges. Uh, that was instead of being 400 quid it was like 1200 yeah like, what's the same same bloody literally it'd be the same thing in the Sold same out, party no one can go away yeah so crazy um other things than that it's I never really had that much of a, a flamboyant life anyway to be honest so, but i think the main thing is is it, it's probably the debt. It's just reducing the debt because i think the easy option is to upgrade cars i think cars is the biggest money sponsor around but other than that, lockdown for me has been beautiful because it meant that we didn't, we weren't traveling around. So all the petrol money was just going into Bitcoin. But again, it's small, small money, but it adds up over time. Um, but the other thing is, as well, making sure by working hard in a job, it means that you don't ever have to look at that stash of Satoshis to take out. I think that's the key as well. Not having to worry about, oh, I need an extension. And that's the other thing as well. Yeah. We the thing for Holly, she would love a bigger house. Because we've got a three-bedroom house, but you you think oh, it would be nice to have a little play area for them so they can just be in one room. 
but then he thinks that'd be a four-bedroom house. And then he's like, you're in the world of debt again, you're going back to some surveys, you're going to have to get new furniture, you have to probably get the garden made look a bit prettier. You're like, we've, we did some nice things in our lounge, we're putting that fake wall with the nice fire and all that in. So we have put money into the house because it is important. It's your living home, isn't it? It's where you live. So you've got to put some money in, but we haven't got an extension. I could have done the garden. Everyone in that, my estate's doing the gardens up. It's just like the thing to do. That's wasted money. You got I got two kids, two boys. They want to play football. They want to be in a rockery or in a pond, do they? <laughs> well, they might want to be in the pond, actually. <laughs> I might get them a pond. But yeah, that, that that's for me. Um, and then the other thing with working like I am, I get quite a lot of stuff part of that. So I'm doing an MBA as well. That's again keeping plan A ticking along nicely to give me that next bump. Because the plan will be if I don't get the next major break in the NHS, will be to move into the private sector and and go quite high, I'd aim to go quite high up in a company and, and do something similar. Who knows what that might be? <clears throat> and then that'll give more money again to keep pumping into the Bitcoin. But the irony behind it is the money in those four years' time, even if I'm on say that's 150k, I'm putting having a three grand to put into Bitcoin, it'd probably be only the equivalent of putting 300 quid in now anyway. So it's sort of it doesn't really matter what I do now, as long as I just keep ticking along. I think that's the key. Every month put in, or every day put in, just a little bit. And and don't get too scared of the the the, the, um, the price jumps. Yeah. Because the mindset I would have if I was you is when, you, when you're thinking about the upgrade to the house or whatever is if you can hold on and put up with what you've got, the type of money that those that savings could turn into is not only buying that house that you want, but you could also buy and buy one of them for Harry Anfield, one for Jesse. Mm. And that's, yeah. that's the, it's the generational wealth is what we're talking about here. Like the, and it's about the time preference. It's like, can you hold on enough to be able to, you know, when we're talking, we're not talking five years here, we're talking 10, 20, 30 years, because in that, in that time, you know, Harry's going to be at the point where he's probably going to be married and have a kid. And wouldn't it be great if you could just be sat there and go, I'd like to have the option to go, you know what, just in case, depending on how his life's gone, ah, I could just jump you up straight up to the four bed mm. if I want. Like, maybe he doesn't deserve it. Maybe he's a sport little brat. But <laughs> it wouldn't be nice to have the option. And that's, He was to see them today. <laughs> that's what we're talking about, I think. And they're, yeah. the, they're the things I think about all the time. Whenever I'm going to buy something, I always do think, in, in 10, 20 years' time, this could change one of my grandkids' lives. You know, when you're 70, wouldn't it be great to even be thinking... Your grandkid, he wants to go to university or whatever, and university is 100 grand a year or something. I don't know. It's like going to be crazy by, by then. And go, you know what? I'll, I'll shout it. I can put you through. Because when I was 30, I saved some money here. Didn't And I, and I took a sacrifice. I sacrificed. Yeah. But it was a sacrifice I was fine with. It was mm. the difference between having a three-bed and a four-bed. In reality, <laughs> you don't really notice. Like, yeah. And it's, I think space is the same as pay rises i think you expand into it very quickly and this I, everyone that i've ever seen that is it, that's gone into a bigger house or got extensions it takes them less than two months to already have expanded into that space and they want more again like you always want more space until you're in the mansion that is the biggest house in the country now then suddenly maybe you're you're satisfied but going from three bed to four bed and from what i've seen knowing that people have done it that i am mates with they instantly get into the four bed and they, they look at the six bed because there's a bigger one on the estate and it's just it's a never-ending yeah. thing that you're chasing 
and uh, and the kids get bigger, and then eventually all the kids move out. <laughs> That's the irony behind it, isn't it? So it's it's one of them where you like really, you and then you downgrade grade, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, but you don't down, downgrade until you're 60 or something and you go, oh, what? And then yeah. I think you get a bit attached to it. Like, I wouldn't want to, personally. Like, if, the house that I end up building or buying, like I'm never downgrading. Like, that is, that's me. And then that's if I have kids, I want to fill it with kids. And it's like, okay, great. When they move out, I'm like, well, fine. Like, I was got empty bedroom, but I don't give a shit. I'm not downgrading this bad boy. This is... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make this into a proper like boys den. I'm going to have fucking everything going on there. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm not, yeah, I'm, not right. I'm never going down into the freaking granny flat. Like, no, I'm going to fucking die here. That's why I'm going to die on the jet ski. <laughs> ah, absolutely. I think that's a, it's a good way of looking at it. Cause I, I do struggle with the thing of when people say, well, when would you sell? I, I just don't know. I have no idea. And that's where probably the hodl in me get above my living me. But I think ultimately you said it in a quite a nice eloquently way about thinking about holding off for the short term for long term so i enjoy my life right now i do, i have no qualms i do not go to work regretting it i'm doing well i'm enjoying it we've got a great family life work-life balance i need to be careful about however i do my best to keep it balanced i yeah i i think i can see a bright a bright and rosy future it's just you, you sacrifice is what you're doing my sacrifice i'm giving is not really lifestyle it's more work working hard on work and yeah. doing that MBA in behind the scenes is to help build that foundation yeah but it's great anyway it's all self-improvement right especially like the mm. business MBA you're doing now like that's the that's the work that it took me 10 years to figure a lot of that out like in practice I never mm. did the theory but it's great stuff to have like that will help you in everything like just yeah because the other thing is as well budget everything yeah, you know, when it comes to things like when you retire, so realistically, when people think that, you think of the old people just sit and watch daytime TV and play golf a bit. But if you're retiring young, people go, oh, I need to work to, to what do I do if I wouldn't do anything to do? Well, that's a little rubbish. What you end up doing realistically, and a great quote from Mr. David Green is, money makes money. And it's so true. When you've got that stash of cash behind you, you can then start investing, lumping it into different things. You can even, I, I've got quite a dream with you to, set up a, a little business to run for fun um I've, we've always joked about buying the blues ground we would burn that down admittedly That's but maybe yeah but, on the ash, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> but then we could do things like um buy like a small football club and pump it the money and it would have to be silly you'd have to billionaires to do stuff like that to make it worthwhile but have a hobby like that um that would be a dream but then there's the, we always said about doing an escape room or me and holly have always said We'd like to get some rundown houses and do them up. And again, it's a bit of a hobby more than making the money. And you would make money out of it. So you keep your your stash, you pull it in, you get a bit more out, and it's a bit of fun. And it's again, it's life skills. So all this MBA stuff is doing is it's going to give you more tools to actually finding the other things to do. Because you need to do stuff. You can't just have holidays. We've got kids. We're going to have school for the next eighteen years. We can't just go flying around the world all the time. No, we could get au pairs actually, couldn't we? I think being an eternal student. It's a great mindset. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, you know, I, and I learned that from pretty much from granddad. Like he was constantly learning new stuff. Like mm. he always had the latest computer. He was like more up on the internet than I was. And he was freaking seventy-eight or something when the internet came out. He would be in Bitcoin, wouldn't he? Yeah, he'd have been a Bitcoiner. He was always into the latest thing, learning. He, he was learning until you know his last day. He was an eternal student, and that's. That's what you want to do in, in, and he retired at the normal age, but like, so I'm, I just call it financially free. So then you go into retirement, but I'm reading, learning, 
Yeah, all the time. Day. And it's but I don't have to do the crappy stuff that came on my job. I enjoyed a lot of it, but then there's a lot of crappy stuff in there. Politics, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's all the, the high stuff. Yeah. And he said, she said, like, and it's only got worse. I'd look at my old company now and see how woke it's got. I could not handle it then. I would genuinely hate my job now. And be in um, prison. Yeah, I'd have I'd have been fired years ago. <laughs> the type of stuff they've been rolling out and how woke they've got. But that's so but that's so I would have had to leave and figure out and I'd have had to leave a and and go join a company that is more in my in my style. But but yeah, so in, in your in your retirement and in your thing, like I, I want to learn stuff that's practical. I want to learn how to how to build part of a house, how to landscape stuff, how to you know, just do so many different things. I've been learning how to fly drones, how to set up fish tanks, how to travel, how to, you know, I randomly went to Puerto Rico and nearly set up a bank by accident. <laughs> you did. Like, I, I, I was there. Like, I learned Spanish like, whilst I was there. It's like, there's so many things to learn. Like the world is so big and so yeah. like, so much to learn. And you don't realize how in prison you are when you in your nine to five, Monday to Friday. Once you just get on a plane and you go somewhere, it's just amazing it really is like i know people get super like oh traveling changed me like yeah man like no it's like but genuinely like just getting out of the day-to-day grind will change you just don't even have to get on a plane actually stay where you are and don't go to work but then the world's open like obviously with lockdown if everything's closed doesn't we work but like if you actually go out and just go you know what hobbies do you like just go start doing them you'll meet people there and like if you don't have to go to work you'll be like do I go for a beer tomorrow? Like, and you'll suddenly like you'll start building like actual connections with people that are like you. Mm-hmm. They're not just your mates that sat next to you in work or they were in the same class at you at school. Which in reality, they're just they're friends from the situation. Mm-hmm. And, you, you, and the only thing that really keeps you together, I find a lot of time, is nostalgia. Whereas when you go to places that you really enjoy, and like so when I went skydiving, qualified there, everyone I met there was freaking crazy and a little bit like me and i go into a bitcoin event and there's only 50 people there i get along with 49 of them because they're all a bit like me and you wouldn't be there otherwise yeah and uh, these these are the people that you make lifetime connections with and they're and they're the kind of things that you should spend your life trying to do and get better with that and i whenever i go into the skydiving world or bitcoin world i feel stupid i know the least in the room nearly every time i'm the least experienced and know the least and it's great because now every single person i speak to i learn um as opposed to staying in your comfort zone yeah people you sat next to next to when you were eight and again fundamentally you just you get into a a life of being in the rut i think Mm. and then you just wait until you're 65 daily grind isn't it but it's it's something interesting which i think we'll we can talk on another on the next part is um when it comes to doing that sell to sort of fund your life do it in the most appropriate place, and I know something we've 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 talked about is moving to Portugal and yeah. taking the kids there for a few or years. El Salvador, I know, or El Salvador more really more recently. So this is the sort of thing we're thinking of doing. So when I hit forty, merely would be disrupting the kids' schooling. However, it, it might be pretty cool, wouldn't it? It'd probably shape them quite nicely. Um, but yeah, that's something just to consider about. Yes, yeah, I know my next holiday. It's in El Salvador. I'm going to genuinely go and check it out. I've never heard of El Salvador before. I think it's a little bit like Puerto Rico. But I'm my next holiday is El Salvador. I want to go see and seriously consider what it'd be like living there because yeah, this is this is one of these things. This is this is like the best protest. Like I don't believe voting does anything. 
uh, voting just you just vote in another corrupt person. However, when you move your bank accounts and you move your money and you move it to a government that supports more of your ethos, that is speaking. And that is speaking. Forces people to change. So if people like me leave and go and support someone like El Salvador, and that suddenly we move our businesses there, we start paying other taxes there, we start just spending money there, then that their, their economy will start to boom and other economies that don't support a Bitcoin standard will start to flounder and yeah. it will force them to go, how can we compete with El Salvador? Easy. Move to a Bitcoin standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. did. And <sighs> so if, I'm, if I can be part of that movement, then yeah, it's one of the reasons I went to Puerto Rico was I thought that was the place that was going to do it first. And it turned out it wasn't. So I came back. But if El Salvador is the place and all the Bitcoiners are going there, I'm going to be in the first tranche. I'm getting in early. So Citadel, Citadel. See you in the Happy Citadel. Day. See you in the Citadel.